So that concludes the class. Any questions? <laughs> so I'll just recite an invocation. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo
This uh, no Kailu, Kailu, on the beach of Kailu. I would, it was a summer break, and I would go out, and there was a whole bunch of friends that I met through other friends, and we. I used to spend the night at my friend's house, and you know, it was pretty relaxed. You know, it's Hawaii. Uh, yeah. Nobody, you know, flip flops. Flip flops. You know, and there's no like guns firing. So. So I started hanging out with this, this new friend of mine named Kalai. And she and her friends, we would all go out like late at night to the beach. Or we, um, some of those same friends, we had Wallace Wednesdays. So Wallace Wednesdays was, there was a theater, a movie theater, way, you know, way far from where I lived. But the, the, we, there was a friend in the theater and he would invite like 45 kids <laughs> into the theater for free like after like 11 o'clock at night on a school night. It's very crazy. So we all go watch like, I don't know if it was Night of the Living Dead or just whatever, just whatever. It didn't matter what movie. It was just like a whole bunch of kids that went out. And so we would go out this summer. We would hang out with my friend Kalai. And we would go out late at night and we'd talk about ghosts, aliens, uh, you know, conspiracies or just what you know these things that are like really interesting and then Kalaya whatever was said she had a very intelligent contribution to whatever whatever topic it was reincarnation and it was talking about reincarnation and then he also talked about the universal form so in the Bhagavad Gita there's this universal form of God that's described where the rivers are like the Lord's veins and the trees are like the hairs on his body. And the sun and the moon are his eyes. And the rainbow is the color of his dress. And um, you know, there's, they're described higher and lower planetary systems. These are composed the higher and lower parts of his body. And uh, all different features. And we're like, wow, that's really, really... We never heard anything. And the mountains are his bones. And like, what? We've never heard anything like this. But... One of the things that I started to learn is she started to talk about reincarnation, which is based on the concept that we are not these physical bodies. That the body is something that is ever-changing. Um, like, for example, you're taller than your mother, so there's no way she gave birth to that body. No. So the body you have today, is it the body you were born with? All the same cells? So is it the body you were born with? Yeah, tricky question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, as we talked on Sunday, there's a there's a special kind of if you imagine there's a, some kind of disease. It's a neurologic disorder, and when you have a person who has this neurologic uh, neurologic disorder, is they identify with the vehicle that they're in. So um, the word car is vehicle, but it's also in Sanskrit it means that I am the doer of everything. And so, ahankar, I am this car. So this is a special kind of disease, uh, also known as maya, that makes us think, although we are ever-present, we identify with something that is ever-changing. So the body we had when we were 10 is no longer here, but we think, you know, this is, that's me, that was, well, the, that was you there, but not that body, because that body is dead. You know, Priyatama, how old are you now? You're 12? Uh, 10. 10. 
Okay. So when you turn 11, will you cry that you lost your 10-year-old body? No? Did you cry? What about your three-year-old body? Did you cry that you lost that? Okay. But it's gone. All those cells have died. So the body is like virtually like a puppet. It's actually never even alive. It's the soul that gives the presence of life. It's the, you know, put a little hand on the puppet and, and act a nice drama, and then, you know, the puppet dies. But you understand, wait, no, it's, it's okay. Like we had, a, well, at one time we brought a prop, we had a little puppet, and pretend that it died. And nobody in the audience cried, unfortunately. They didn't have mad puppet skills, so it <laughs> didn't, didn't work. <laughs> But the idea is that, yeah, you don't cry because it's just the puppet. You understand? That's not the person. And if it was the person, then don't cry. They're right there in the coffin. If that's the person, you know, just, you know. Was that, uh, was that Weekend at the Bernie's? Was it? Yeah, it was a, it's an old movie where they walk around with a dead body. Um, you know, they dress him up, put him sunglasses on him and stuff. So, yeah, so I spent some time with my friend Kalai, and she talked about reincarnation. And then with that is the concept that, okay, if I'm not my body, then anything else that is living is also not their body. Therefore, the, therefore the person I am can be the same kind of person or entity in another body. So there's other bodies. There's dogs and cats. And there's also chickens and cows and sheep and lambs, stuff like that. And so, um, I can do something to tr try to find some pleasure, but it wouldn't seem really, you know, ideal to hurt somebody else just for my own pleasure. So the idea is we start seeing the soul in all things, and therefore we become less exploitative. So there's lots of uh, byproducts of spiritualization. It, it, Actually, it's the considered the true issue behind everything else. Everything, all the, you know, right now we we could probably be very capable of identifying many problems. So go on Facebook. Someone's gonna scroll like five posts, and then there's someone's gonna identify some problem. Like there's something happening on the border. There's like this person, this kid is kidnapped. Somebody murdered this person. This. Oh, the one I saw today was uh, this child is dying because there was a nuclear meltdown in the United States 20 years ago that was covered over, covered up in somewhere in California, and there's a lot of children, and there's an extremely high cancer rate in that place, and there's a lot, you know, a lot of children that uh, got cancer from living there, little babies and stuff. So you just scroll and you see all different, but not many solutions are not really a, uh, what is the word uh, we looked in the dictionary the other day, uh, this morning, Kim was, she was like, I like this word sublime. It's like such a cool word, sublime. And it's just like, it's all cover, it covers everything in such a beautiful way, meaning that a solution that actually roots out the problem. Just like in, in the ancient medicinal science of India, you understand that your sickness may be a symptom of, a, of a, a greater lack or disease that's within the body. 
that if you don't address that, then these symptoms, this sickness will come up again. Um, for example, in Ayurveda, there's a, con- there's a term called pragya aparad. Can you say that? So it means an offense against common sense. So you're offending common sense. So, and it used to be just like everybody knew these things. For example, in, in America, someone who has a body that is of a cold constitution, there's different body types. One of them is kapha, which is cold, and vata is also cool. So a person who has that type of body type who's naturally more cool and gets cold more easily. So they have a kapha, cold nature, cold-natured uh, body. No, they, they, winter is not very suitable for them. You know, living in cold places is not very suitable for them. So during the cold time of the year, during the cold time of the day, with a cold body, they eat some cold ice cream during the, uh, you know, at night time. And the next day they get sick. They think some evil virus has attacked me. But no, you don't really identify the connection between one's actions and, you know, just the evil virus. Sometimes people have that concept, even in religion, that some evil devil is making you. But nothing. you don't have any responsibility. It's not the, what you're cultivating, the thoughts that you're cultivating, the uh, previous life's actions and the previous things that you've cultivated. It's just some evil devil. And therefore, you don't have to worry about those that mentality that you've you've created within yourself because it has nothing to do with you're not responsible so there's like this understanding that there's behind the sickness could be the bad diet and the bad lifestyle so similarly there's so many problems in this world and there's understood that there is uh, it's a lack of spiritual awareness that causes us to act in such a way that we uh, we even we know we don't want to act that way, and still people act that way. Like Arjuna asked in the Bhagavad Gita, why does someone do something even if they don't like? How many people did not want to smoke cigarettes, or did not want to cheat on their spouse, or did not want to do, uh, uh, take meth, or did not want to do so many things? And Krishna says it's the, the intense material desires, or also called kama or lust. That intense material desire, it corrupts the intelligence. And therefore, the person will work against their own self-interest. And therefore, the first step of working towards self-interest is to understand what is the self? Who am I? You, you, you can't make you happy or make me happy if I don't know what me is or what I, what you are, I don't I don't know how I would not know how to truly benefit you or myself if I don't know who I'm who I am and who you are. Therefore, we have um, a little drama. Maybe uh, Chakaranga. He's 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 feeling shy. No, he's not feeling shy. He's ready. Um, let's let's do a little drama. Okay. All right. Here we go. So.
There we go. So you might forget everything I say, but you won't forget that. <laughs> so if our, if our help, if our philanthropic work only goes to address the external issues, then it doesn't really, the person still suffers. We're suffering in so many different ways. And a person who has obtained spiritual knowledge, even if they might be in a state of lack, they can be very happy and satisfying. Whereas a person who has so many things, they don't have spiritual knowledge and wisdom and experience, then they could be, well, uh, in a very comfortable life, but very, very unhappy. And how many people, you know, you see Robin Williams, every time, okay, this guy's got to be really happy. He's got funny jokes, and he's, he's, he's you know, he's, he's, He's a great comedian, but he's, you know, you see, he's depressed, he committed suicide. He's a long list of so many other people that are successful in their careers, successful, and, you know, they have things that we think, oh, I just need to work harder so I could be like them. You know, if I could be just like Robin Williams, if I had the, the amount of fame and money and, and recognition and respect that he got, then I would be happy. And we see his, this person is obviously... Suffering really great, you know, they're suffering very profoundly. So the understanding is that there's a huge lack of spiritualism. And the Gita Krishna says it is guya. It's quite, it's quite a secret, the spiritual knowledge. You don't find it, you know, you go to any university. Is there any university you go and they say, hey, actually, you're not this body. You're something beyond this body. And all this education is fine, but it's really meaningless unless you have some education that addresses you, the person. Many universities they did that at Harvard. Actually, they did. I think at um, was it Yale? They invited some swamis. They, they did a whole study on happiness because they realized that for, um, twenty percent of their students. Um, Seek psychological. They have psychological issues, especially to enter in a big university. You may have worked hard and become like the valedictorian, but as soon as you enter the university, you're again, you know, little Joe Schmo. You, you, there's so many hyper, you know, super intelligent people that you can't even compete with, and then you become depressed because <laughs> I worked so hard and now I'm the little I'm, I'm Joe Schmo. <laughs> And, you, and, you, and there's no possibility of competing at, you know, against so many people that are you know, so highly educated and smart. And for a lot of students, become depressed. And, and also, there's a, most, most educational systems don't bring out a person's real nature. So people may be trained in a particular field of work, but it doesn't really satisfy them. It doesn't really feel like what's, what's their niche, or what's their, what's their really fond of doing. So even materially speaking, there's you know there should be some uh, not not just non-spiritual, just some kind of material satisfaction that you you feel uh, at home in the work that you do. And then our educational system, despite being presented as advanced, people don't even know. You know, they're 22 years old, 26 years old, and still have no idea what what am I really good at? I don't know. And so. There's a lot of confusion. And therefore, they're, they're, uh, these ancient literatures of India are very valuable. 
people know Hare Krishna is we, we settle books in the airport and you know in the movie airport airplane. <laughs> well, because the idea is that that it's a great lack in society. Not not telling people what to do, but letting people use their own intelligence, examine information, use their own intelligence and see if it's convincing for themselves. There's a great, great wealth of knowledge. Some of the books, it's a little, it's a little difficult to read. It's not. We mentioned Harry Potter. It's not Harry Potter. You know, Harry Potter is like. My daughter read all eight books in like less than a month. I've met somebody who said, "Okay, Bhagavatam. I read Harry Potter, and I'll read that in like in a year. Come on." And it's like five years are like. I'm on chapter two. <laughs> it's intense stuff. It will make your brain exercise and work. But it's good exercise. It's, it's, it's a little um, awakening. It's kind of like we're just running on this little wheel, like a, a little hamster. Money, 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 make work, work. And we don't see our whole life going by and, and not really finding true, deep purpose in what we're doing. Therefore, there's even a child in the Bhagavatam. He's a great uh, saintly scholar. And he says, Kumar Acharet Pragyo. From the very young age of life, you should really get into your spiritual life. Don't, don't think, wait a minute, I can just do that to, when, I, when I die, you know, when I, the last part. He said, well, half your life you're sleeping. Another huge portion of your life you're working. Another portion of your life you have to do all the hygiene stuff. And the portion of your time, time as a child, you're just playing. And so, what time do you have? Put some time aside for your own personal development, for your own deep internal satisfaction. Put that personal time. Otherwise, what are we working for? To make our boss have a bigger paycheck? Because they're the little ones that get the money. We get a small portion. What are we? What are we working so hard for? The, the donkey is, is the emblem of the, the fool because he works so hard because he knows his master is going to give him some grass, but the grass is already there everywhere. So similarly, we, we may work hard. Americans are you know, described to spend much more hours and days working than a lot of other places. But we may work hard thinking, yeah, though, you know, once I get that 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 good income, then I'm going to be happy or get some station in society. And we have not seen that to be true in, 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 in practice. So, those are some comments. I want to have some reflections, questions, and maybe something that you've been thinking about. Oh. Winter, I had Snoopy King, oh. and then I went to my daughter's ice skating practice. Oh no! <laughs> there you go. Cold. And I was freezing. I have a picture, but this is what happens when you're like excessively cold. You can pass this around. Oh god! <laughs> I couldn't feel my fingers. They were completely white. Oh goodness! All the blood left. Right. <laughs> oh, I didn't come back for like thirty minutes. See, Pragya Apara. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I just 
with those two fingers? Um, at first it was like my whole hand, and then it started coming back. Your body was like fingers, and then it was just this one. The battle, was, wow. the battle had started. I can feel it like in my airways, and I can see it in my veins, like the way everything constricts. But in the summer, like I thrive. Yeah. So yeah, there's. I, this is not even spiritual knowledge. The material knowledge in ancient literature is so profound. How how to live a happy, comfortable, healthy life. So much information. And uh, Ayurveda, they had brain surgery. They had all kinds of ancient and five thousand year literature. If the Bhagavatam, which is there, you have. Um, so modern astronomers have measurements between Earth and the other planets in our solar system. And those measurements are the same up to 250 years. You look at what astronomers have understood 800 years ago, was measurement was about half the size. And the further you go back, the measurements get shorter. But then you go to the 5,000-year-old textbook, it's what we know today. So they, the astronomers just caught up in the past 250 years something that was there 5,000 years ago. So great wealth of spiritual knowledge. And that's kind of how we first see Krishna. What does the word Bhagavan mean? Right? One who owns all opulences. Who possesses all opulence. So name some opulence. Opulences are things that are attractive. So um, Albert Einstein was recognized for his um, beautiful hair and uh, lotus-like eyes. Right? Am I right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Marilyn Monroe for her like her sharp, witty humor, just just cutting. Like, no. Pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> she was so renounced in like you know in simple living that people were like. So everybody has their, you know, different degrees of attractive quality. Some of them are your own character, your own personality. Then there, th- if you have bad character, is you know, if you have some money, then people still are attracted to you. Um, maybe you have no money. Maybe you're just famous. Maybe you just got some internet fame. And some people are attracted to. You. Maybe you're some infamous person that just did something on the internet that people are. You know, it could, it was climbing in my windows. What was that? <laughs> that song. <laughs> the guy was talking in the news about the people climbing in the window, catching all my people up. They made a song about it. I don't know. It become infinite. Then people, so fame, um, like for example, Arnold, be, Mr. Schwarzenegger, became famous because of his huge muscles, strength and beauty. So Vaughn is the possessor of those things, who has those things. And Bhagavan really means that being who has those things to unlimited capacity in full. Has, has complete beauty, complete wealth, complete fame, complete power. I'm going to remind people why I said that. Anybody know why I said that? Can you not psychic? Are you? Krishnanda? I mean psychic here. <laughs> you want it? Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> she has 
Never. Psychic ability. No, never. <laughs> My wife dreamt that two planes flew into the World Trade Center two hours before it happened. Um, and there's a whole long list of things like that. Um, our friend Maturanath, the vice president of the Dallas Temple, she dreamt that he would have heart problems a week before Jamastami, and he did, and in the dream he died. And said, but uh, and so we told him about the dream, and then he said, "Oh, thanks, because I would have just toughened it out." <laughs> he went to the doctor, and they told him his artery is ninety percent shut, and you need to get surgery right away. That was like four or five years ago. Um, but she didn't remember what you said five minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Bhagavan is that being that has all those things. I don't know why I brought that up. I can't remember. Yeah, let's see. Einstein. 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 Oh, uh, how we see Krishna. That's where I'm going. Is that you may not see his beauty. You may see like a reflection of his beauty in nature. But not, that's indirect. You don't see directly. You may not see his power directly like Krishna as a six-year-old child lifting a, a mountain on the tip of his left pinky nail. You may not see his, um, you know, his. One thing you do see them is the intelligence. When you study the books, you see, wow, this is this is a five thousand year old text that can be understood in so many different ways. And then there's all it has so many different ways that it relates to things that we actually see in real life. Very very profound. I just that first verse is it's amazing. If you look at the translations, and these translations are not just like, oh, someone decides, oh, I think this word, I just say this. No, they're actually using proper rules of grammar, and they're making completely, totally different paragraphs. And like one is like very philosophical, and then the next translation of that same Sanskrit verse is like a whole story. I'm like, wow, how did this get there? That's, that's amazing. So, that, so that's the one thing you do see is the intelligence. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a, like a, some opinion that changes. Like, for example, the fact that you're not this body, it's, just, it's, it's not something that, you know, okay, Hindus are not their bodies. You know, Hindus have bodies made of cells that change. No, it's, it's, it's not like a... Like one time, our founder, Srila Prabhupada, he was speaking in, in Africa. And uh, one Indian gentleman said, um, You're talking about science, because he says it's spiritual science. And science means you've got a hypothesis, you've got practical experiment, and you have a result. And spiritual life is hypothesis, experiment, and result. And that's in Sanskrit called Sambandha Abhideya Pariyojana. But it is only proven, it's self-evident, it's only proven to the individual. It's not something that I can't, for example, prove to you that I'm hungry. I can't prove that to you. And you can't prove to me that you're hungry. It's only self-evident. And so, bring this again, shut off. Someone said to him, Oh, she looked proper. Yeah, that's that. It's improper. Uh, that this is this is uh, why are you speaking Hindu dogma? And Prabhupada said, 
Hindu dogma, uh, did Krishna tell Arjuna, my dear Arjuna, because you're Hindu, you have a body that changes, but you're actually ever-present. Did you notice that because you're Hindu, that even though you're now such and such age, you still exist except, and the body you had pre previously is gone? But don't worry, I'm a Hindu god. And if you, you know, no, it's not a, it's eternal. 5,000 years ago, you know, 5 million years from now, you'll still have a body that is changing, and you will be the conscious observer within that body. As long as you're still here. I mean, you don't, you don't have to be. Go back to your, back to your original home, where we all came from. So, more. Well, thank you very much. Some more reflections. I was thinking, I'm, I've been reading. <laughs> God. But I finally got the journey home, and you made me think of um, when you were saying, like, Robin Williams has all these things, and he was unhappy. But he says in the book, he goes to... Um, Oh, a couple of things. There was a, he went, there were, it was like a place where everyone had leprosy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a woman, like, had no, I think her hands were missing and, like, her nose. And yet, like, when she approached him, she was the most content, beautiful person he had ever seen. Mm. And same thing with the blind young man that was playing music and singing. And he was like, this, this guy, like, had to beg for food and he was, he had every reason in the world to be unhappy, but in his presence, I felt complete joy because he he was happy. Yeah, he was happy. Mm. And that's interesting. Nice, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I left the part where you talking mm. about uh, the more we recognize the spiritual in every entity, the less exploitative we become. So that's good. Yeah. And we have an unfortunate history in America. We have we have slavery, and the excuse that was said was um, those who are maybe a little older. They they, they they said black people don't have souls, and nobody was able to say that's completely insane to say something like that. But how many people have you heard say an animal doesn't have a soul? And it's based on the same kind of logic. Like how how is the black person now a living thing? And the, the animal is somehow appears to be alive, but it's just like a like a rock that looks like it's alive. Uh, and what gives it life is the consciousness within. And there's got to be something different, a difference between a dog and a rock. Um, if I was taking a rock and cracking it to pieces, something in your heart scream and say, "That's you know, that's a that's a great." crime against, you know, life itself. Now, a, a, a child sees somebody taking a hammer to a dog, or actually in America, we're very protective of dogs, but other animals, no, no. It's like, there's a uh, Facebook post that every, every once in a while comes back, every like, few years, someone will post it, and it says, so I saw this man um, outside and he was beating this this dog. And the thing was like crying and he was beating and I was running over there to stop him. And you know, the thing was on the floor and he was beating it and beating it. He said, but I went close and I saw, oh, it's just a calf. And then I walked away. 
<laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> Somebody, it's like a long post, and at the very end, it tells you, no, it was actually not a dog, so this doesn't have to be a <laughs> And so, so consciousness is the same in all creatures, changes all perspective, <coughs> changes perspective of how we, um, you know, where we place our value, what if we want to be happy, then if we're not, if we're something eternal, then and temporary things won't really do it for us. It changes everything. For example, I could go to a temple, and if I don't know that I'm, I'm not this material body, then I'll just ask for, I will see the temple as a way to get things from my material body. You know, oh Lord, please help me. I, I, like, I want to get this job, or I like this girl, or whatever. Tell me, I have a wart on my foot. Help me. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. You're a genie. <laughs> some more reflections? Some thoughts? Danya, any re- reflections? So Danya is a very important word in our tradition, and it means uh, full spiritual humility. So it's a sign of intelligence, is humility. Uh, because you, someone who knows everything, you can't teach them anything. They can't, they're not open to learn. And so humility is sometimes even uh, said to be synonymous with devotion. Because humility opens the door for accepting things and learning things. There's a German saying, Dummheit und Stolz wachsen haben dem selben Holz. Dummheit und Stolz, pride and stupidity, grow on the same tree. So a tree that has no fruits stands very proud. You know, what do you tell me something? Right? Look at you, blah 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 blah. Nobody can, you can't learn, can't. Um, no constructive criticism, no self-reflection, no, you know, I know everything. <laughs> and then the tree that has the fruits, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me something. I can, I can hear something. Jagarangapu, any doggy baskets? Oh, okay, huh? So we, we just learned this, this verse from the Bhagavatam. I like it because it's really simple. You guys want to try it? Yeah, sure. Say, Dehasta. Dehasta. Pina Dehasta. So what's the first line? Dehasta. Pina Dehasta. So what's the first line? Dehasta. Pina Dehasta. So Deha means body. Sta is where you're standing, which you're, situ- you're, you're situated by Pakistan. Uzbekistan stuff. So situated in the body, be deha but not actually situated in the body. Not really. He's not in the body. In the body, but not in the body. So can you say that? In the body, but not in the body. In the body, but not in the body. Vidvan. So we talked about this word Bhagavan, possessor of all beauty, wealth, fame, the possessor of bhagas, opulences. So wit, wit, who possesses the wits, is very smart, a, real, a self-realized person, enlightened person. Vid one, 
Swapna. That's a dream. So just like a person who's got up from his dream. And he remembers what was the dream that we said? At the Sunday class, anybody was there? person imagines himself as a green tiger with purple stripes with a yellow and pink mohawk. But they've caught up in this dream like, in the body, I'm in this, but I'm not that body. I'm not that body. That's not who I am. I was in that body, but I'm not in that body. I'm not in that body. That's not who I am. So that's the wise. And the second half of the verse is, Adehasta. Pi dehasta. Adehasta, pi dehasta. Adehasta, pi dehasta. So in English we get this word gnostic and agnostic, theist and atheist. We get these um, from, we derive those kind of structure from Sanskrit where you put the A in the front and it changes the meaning to the opposite. So dehasta, not in the body. But in the body. Deviki, what's the first line? What? Dehasta. Yeah. All right. So in the body, but uh, not in the body, is the kumati, the fool. Swatnadriku seen a dream. Yata. Just like the fool who see, he thinks, although he's really not in the body, he's, the body is just a car, it's not, it's not him. He just happens to be holding on to that identification. It's not that it doesn't exist, but his relationship with it is unreal. It's, a, it's, not, it's temporary and it's not his real identity. But he is like the one in the dream. When you're in the dream, you think you are the green tiger with the purple stripes of the yellow and pink mohawk. Or you may think, you know, I've had so many dreams flying. Like one, I was like flying like that. Another one, you just like fly like that, but it's like really slow and you're just like, and you're just like this. This one's late. Go back, wake up again. And I had one that I would like, it was like, I go up, and then I start coming down and I go, oh, yeah. that one? Yeah, you got that one? Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he went, and then we get about, about to the bottom, and you go, and you go, woo. Oh, and then you come back down and you go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and I had one that was like flying around buildings. I was like, I'm actually going fast. But usually, you fly and it's not really. And then you, what happens in the dream? I said, you tell her, you're like, oh my God, I, I, I knew I could fly. Ever since I was a kid, I knew I could fly. Sure. I found out I could fly. And then you wake up and you're like, ah, you're so disappointed. <laughs> Man, this is just a dream. It's so Because you're, you're taking something from your past life. And there are many different life forms that you can fly, not just winged creatures. There are human-like beings and other planets that can fly 
with wings or without wings. And they're, you know, of all kinds of flying species as well. And so we've lived many, many lifetimes. Right? And so we, we, we take, we have all these subconscious things from past lives there. Sometimes we mix, like we might have seen gold and we see a mountain and we put them together and get a golden mountain. Do you think children ever remember, like, when they're little? Absolutely. Because when I was little, I used to go to, like, my mom. Actually, I'd stare at her. I'd stare at her. I'd stare at her. She'd wake up and be like, oh, my gosh, don't say I want to go home. And she'd be like, well, you are home. And I always thought that was so strange. Yeah, that absolutely. And there's, my um, my daughter told my wife, my daughter was two years old. And she said, do you remember when your father died? And I was there, and I brought you gifts, and you had the pigtails, and yeah, there. She was only three, but she remembered it, and and her family members that there was a stranger at the funeral that came and brought her gifts, and she said, and she said, and you didn't like wearing pigtails, and she's like, no, I didn't. I didn't want to be a village girl. And so, but there's tons of like there's, you can watch some documentaries about it. And sometimes there there was one on a boy in the news who remembered very he who was he remembers his life at being shot down as a a pilot, um, um, and he remembers he remembers how he can tell you he's five years old, but he could tell you how the planes run, or he tells very very specific knowledge that he should not have access to. And then he meets his former wife. The five-year-old meets the eight-year-old wife, and and she becomes convinced. You know, and he's a, and ne- neither the parents of the kid nor the wife had any belief in reincarnation. You know. So we stop here. Om Tat Sat. Thanks a lot. Hare Krishna.